0: Eighteen plus.
1: You're listening to the Red Seat Podcast.
0: Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions.
1: Part of the Over the Monster Network. Swinging a
0: high knee drive the right field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over.
2: Presented by SB Nation.
0: It hasn't happened. It's been for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Hosted
1: by Jake Devereaux.
0: Here comes a one-two pitch. The Red Sox the world series.
1: And featuring Keaton DeRosher.
0: Strikeouts in 2017 for Chris Sale. An absolute strikeout machine. 13 tonight against the Baltimore Orioles. They're all loaded. High fly ball deep in the left center field. Deep left center field, Devers has hit it out! The rookie takes Chapman the other way to tie the game!
2: Welcome back to the Over the Monster podcast, this is your host Jake Devereaux and today I am joined... By my uh, old podcasting friend here, Matt Collins, the managing editor of Over the Monster. Matt, how are you? I'm
1: okay. I'm a, I'm a person who lives by himself during a lockdown pandemic, so <laughs> <laughs> there have been better times to live by yourself than right now. <laughs>
2: your extra social distancing
1: and i sold my xbox like three weeks before all of this so it's, it's been rough
2: so i saw that comment online and i was thinking to myself why 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 did you do such a thing
1: i hadn't used it in a long time and i was just like staring at it and i had <laughs> been thinking about selling it for a while and finally one day i was just like staring at it it was pissing me off so i was like all right, i'm gonna go get like a couple hundred bucks or whatever for this
2: <laughs> the guy who bought it from you must have I been. saw it
1: at GameStop too. I didn't
2: even like, oh. make a deal on it. Yeah, I know. Oh no! Uh, a little, uh, I was I was gonna say at least you can take solace in the fact that you helped somebody, but no, no, you I didn't, didn't help anybody. No, and GameStop is still open and spreading the pandemic to everybody. So I think they closed. Could come today.
1: Maybe not. I shouldn't say that because I don't know if that's
2: true. They they closed in California. I know, okay. um, but I don't I, I don't know if they closed around here. But I guess you could argue that it is a semi-essential service considering uh, game services like Steam have been killing it with uh, the revenue since this thing has happened.
1: Yeah, but I don't. I feel like you could just get stuff offline if you have to, if you really need something.
2: Yeah. But. <laughs> I agree, yeah. All right, so baseball. Um, Matt, you haven't been on with me in a long time. This is cool. So Matt's going to be um, coming on with us every other week. Uh, Essentially, it's going to be a rotation of me, Keaton, and Matt um, kind of rotating in and out. So you'll get some combination of the three of us um, over the next coming weeks. Um, And yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So let's kick it off with the big news for the Red Sox this week, uh, that Chris Sale is getting Tommy John surgery. Uh, This is not unexpected. We kind of thought that If things didn't improve with the flexor strain and if he started throwing again, this was certainly going to be on the table. But my question to you, Matt, the first question here is, how much of this was due to the delayed season, do you think? His decision to kind of go ahead and get this done.
1: I mean, I don't. It's impossible to say it wasn't a factor at all. Just because, I mean, everything that happens right now is kind of informed, at least a little bit, by what's happening in the world. Um, but I don't know. Like I think I don't think it was like like I don't think it was an overwhelming kind of factor. Um, first of all, just because I, I unless I've missed it, we don't know when uh, the surgery is going to happen. Because I mean, right now elective surgeries are being pushed back for obvious and good reasons. And I mean, I think the Red Sox are probably going to be able to pull a few strings and get that pushed up a little bit, but I mean, it's not like he's going to be going under the knife right now, and we can start that rehab clock right now, like, there's a possibility that we have to wait a few months for him to actually have the surgery, so, um, there's just enough uncertainty where, yeah, I think it probably played a little bit of a role, but maybe, like, 15%, I mean, this is mostly, he, he either needed it or he didn't.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and just to give you an idea of when some of these surgeries are taking place, um, there's a great spreadsheet that uh, someone keeps Tommy John surgery list. And Tyler Beattie and Andres Munoz uh, just had their surgeries two days ago, as did Reggie Lawson, and Joey Wentz got it on the 17th. So guys, even during this you know pandemic that we're undergoing, are still – uh, actively getting their surgeries so if i had to guess i would say that probably chris sale gets this within a few days
1: yeah or probably days. but it's just i don't know if this whole situation is so weird
2: it is super weird yeah totally i agree um all right so thinking about this obviously we're not going to have them for if there is a season at all Um, But when the season and if the season does get going this year, what does that rotation look like? It's not good. (laughs) Um, No, it's not at all.
1: I mean, it's, I guess it partially depends on when the season starts again, assuming it does it all. um, I mean, I'm under the assumption that the absolute earliest it could start would be July 1. Um, So I think Colin McHugh should be ready to go by then. Yeah, I would um, assume so. Presumably. So, I mean, I would... So, I think it's probably pretty clear-cut at that point. It's Rodriguez, Vivaldi, Perez, uh, McHugh, and... Um, Weber? his name? Weber, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's really too much debate there. I mean, obviously, the second spring training happens, and guys still have to get through that healthy, and i I would expect that that would kind of be a weird period for injuries just because starting and stopping like this, is not something that these guys are used to. So, um, I mean, it's no guarantee that they make it through this second spring training healthy, but if they do, I mean, I think that's pretty clearly the five guys.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, And then I guess that kind of begs the question for Brian Johnson, who's had a pretty good spring training or had a pretty good spring training, I should say, because he's going to have to kind of have a second one. Um, do you think Brian Johnson ultimately does get added to the forty man? Because right now he's off of it.
1: No, I don't think he would. I don't think they would add him unless they're going to put him in the rotation. Okay. I just don't think that would be a good use of roster space.
2: Now with Ryan Weber in the fifth spot, do you think they're going to trust him to be a traditional fifth starter, or do you think that that spot would be open to sort of being used as a follower to an opener role?
1: I would guess they would start by trying him as a regular starter. Um, it seems like they're, at least Reneke, the way he's talking to the media, he's definitely open to the idea, but I think he, that's sort of a last-ditch last, last ditch kind of thing. So I think and he mentioned Weber as a guy that he thinks can be a regular starter. Now that was when he was a number four instead of a number five, but um, I think they would try him as... Just a regular starter. I I actually think there might be a better chance that McHugh would be the sort of follower mm-hmm. guy just because he's been more of a reliever the last few years. and um, So he might be more used to that, and also he might be able to uh, kick it up another notch if he's only going like four or five innings, where Weber, I think, just is who he is, which is pretty mediocre no matter what role you're going to put him in.
2: I mean, I feel pretty good about a day where... Um some pitcher comes in for an inning. Um we get Colin McHugh for like three or four, and then we get Darwins in for like two or three. That would be a pretty good day, I think.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, I didn't mean, I would hope that you would get at least four out of any follower. I definitely wouldn't want Darwins in going three innings if I can avoid yeah. it. But uh I think I think I'm lower on Hernandez's ability to pitch multiple innings. Than a lot of other people.
2: What do you yeah. think? You think three obviously would be a big stretch, but do you think that some of the control issues that he has would pop up in just two innings stint?
1: Well, I mean, you have to throw more pitches when you throw fewer strikes. Sure, it's just. I mean, I think it's just that. That's really my main concern. If you're throwing three innings, all of a sudden you're looking at a lot of potential, like 60, 65 pitch outings, and that's that's a lot for a guy that you want to have available mostly every day.
2: Yeah, 65 pitches would be a lot, but yeah. yeah I mean, I, that's I
1: think... a little of, it's like, what, 22 pitches an inning? I mean, that's yeah, far out of, the, that's not at all out of question with
2: him. No, definitely not. That's a good good point. Um, certainly something to think about. The other guys who I think would kind of be in that mix would be Walden would certainly be in the mix to kind of go multiple
0: innings there. Yeah, be. I mean, I think he's another
1: guy that you probably want too, but yeah. And I mean, not that I think Hembree's any good, but Hembree can go two innings. Yeah. Um, Colton Brewer can go two innings. I mean, they have a lot of guys that are more mediocre than Hernandez and Waldo, but, I mean, they have guys that can go a couple innings if you need them to.
2: And Brewer is uh, being groomed for that role, or was, as of the spring, because they were pitching him multiple innings.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they they do that with a lot of guys more in spring training just to kind of get them ready if they need to, but he did that a lot last year
2: too. Um, Brewer I'd like him for a roster spot this year.
1: Yeah, I think... I think I do too. It's been a little while since I've thought of things, in that like who's going to make the roster. Um, but I think it would, I would probably have it between him and um,
2: Brazier. Hmm. See, I see both of those guys making it. Well, let's see. Um.
1: Uh, so you would have, Bryce not making it.
2: I would have Bryce making it too. I would have Henry not making it.
1: Oh, if I was making the roster, I would probably at least entertain that idea, but I don't think they're gonna do that.
2: Hmm, how come?
1: I don't know. Maybe I think I've been betting against Hembery so long, and he just keeps showing up that at this point, I'm just gonna assume he's gonna be there <laughs> until I'm told otherwise.
2: I don't. He really just ever... hasn't been particularly good in the spring either. So no,
1: but I mean, up? I don't know. Like Renicky himself has come out and said. Like, he doesn't really care about spring training performance. So, I don't know. I mean, he's just, like, he's never really been so bad that he's, like, unusable. He's just never really been that good either. It's just really annoying. But I don't think he's been so bad where they're going to take him
2: Yeah, when talking about it with Keaton, um, reasoning this out, I think it's just that I believe that Colton Brewer has more versatility. Austin Bryce has higher ceiling than Henry. And I think that Ryan Brazier, when he's correct and he's got his stuff working, has a higher ceiling than Hembry too. So I think maybe you could say is the guy with the better track record and a little bit more stable, but definitely if we're looking at upsides, uh, he would be last among that group for me.
1: Yeah, like I said, I mean, if I was doing it, I would at least think about it. The other the point in Henry's favor is he's out of options and Brewer and Brazier aren't. So if you want to keep as much depth on hand as possible, then you keep him at first. And let him pitch his way off the roster. Which I mean, I think that yeah. that dynamic kind of changes if you're only playing like seventy-five, eighty games. You don't really have as many. You don't have as much time to work with, so you might move away from that a little bit. It's one of those things that we really have no idea how teams are going to react. It's just so unprecedented situation.
2: Yeah, and I think that that goes into the our next point, which is how do you see this COVID-19 delay impacting the roster as a whole? We've talked about it kind of as it could impact the starters, but do you think it could have any play on the bench spots? Uh, Specifically, the thing that I'm thinking about is Verdugo. If he's 100% healthy, by the time the new season starts, Pilar gets pushed to the bench conceivably. Uh, I I would think him over Jackie. And then... Who's who's off the roster? Is it the uh the kid from Houston, Jonathan Arouse? Probably. I mean it's either him or Lynn. Um,
1: assuming you have those two guys making it as of now, which is how I have it. Um I would think it's Arrause, but A'rause is kinda really impressed me. Um, just the way he kinda looks and I mean if you're going into the season where you don't think you're gonna be very good anyways all of a sudden, you only have to sneak a guy on the active roster for eighty games instead of one hundred and sixty-two. That might be a little tempting if you think he could be a long-term piece. Um, so, I mean, I, it would definitely be one of those two, but I, I'm not completely sold it would be our house.
2: I think they only need uh, eighty-one games on the roster on the active roster not to be returned in a regular season. So, I think if that gets negotiated differently, no, you can't be off the active roster at any point
1: no if you get sent down then the other team has a chance to get a okay player.
2: okay and you yeah. can put him on
1: the il obviously but. all
2: right so i think my reasoning why i would rather keep lynn on the roster in that situation and get rid of jonathan arouse is just because i think that you have enough guys in the system that can kind of replicate what arouse can do in um cj chatham and Marco Hernandez and guys like that, but Lynn is one of the only guys that you have who can go out and play the outfield. See, I had been thinking that I had forgotten though. Peraza plays the outfield. Oh, interesting. I had
1: forgotten that until you got a start in center field, and I was like, oh yeah, he was an outfielder for a while.
2: Hmm. So th- does that change it enough for you to think that Lynn would be the guy to go?
1: I think they. I think I would probably get rid of Lynn. I think they would keep one, um, hmm. but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm drinking I'm drinking a little bit of the spring training Kool Aid, um, with Arouse. Even though Lynn was having a good spring training too, I just I'm not totally convinced Lynn is any good.
2: There was a I think it was a Chad Jennings column in the Athletic that was talking about who uh, Jonathan Arouse had actually gotten his hits off of. Yeah, I'm sure it's not good. In, in spring training. And yeah, it was like he had all of his hits off of guys that were basically not going to make major league rosters. Yeah, and every good. major league pitcher uh, that he faced struck him out. So um, I think the questions there are big enough with a guy who hasn't even really had that much of double A, let alone triple A, that I'd feel uncomfortable carrying him into the this se- this season over somebody like Lynn.
1: Well, I guess it kind of goes to what your goals are for the season. Um, right. Because Arouse is obviously more of a long-term play.
2: Sure, yeah. And considering this is looking more and more and more like a bridge year with every kind of blow that this roster takes, it would kind of be the year to stash a guy like Arouse.
1: Yeah, the flip side of that, though, is a shortened season is just so weird. Like if you get Nathan Ivaldi pitching like the playoff Nathan Ivaldi for two and a half months, that's basically the whole season, though.
2: Yeah, right.
1: And then all of a sudden, you're not missing Kersale as much. And Easy Martín for I mean, anybody can go on a hot streak for two months. And that's two-thirds of the season, If where if the season goes, how I think most people are hoping. Like, the optimistic view seems to be, like, July to play a half a season.
2: Well, I'll ask you a difficult question before we kind of close out this talk on the roster structure. What's your gut tell you about whether or not Major League Baseball is going to play this year. Yeah, I hate this question. Um,
1: I wrote about this a little bit last week. This question is, like, the one that makes me anxious. Like, I don't really – I honestly don't really care. I I shouldn't say I don't care. I'm not that affected by a lack of baseball uh, because I do it for six months every year. But just, like, not knowing and being confronted constantly with the fact that I have no idea what's going to happen – it's going to kind of make me anxious. So I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't think they're going to play this year, to be honest.
2: Gun to my Yeah, head. I, I think it would be the right move not to play this year. I mean, I, we don't know that, though. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. It just feels like no. this is
1: going to get worse before it gets any better. And it feels, I mean, I just seem feel like the best case might be, like, they can start doing stuff again in August, and then at that point, like, what, what do you do?
2: Yeah, I, I do think Major League Baseball would like to have any portion of a season. oh they're gonna
1: do anything they can to do right that, to baseball
2: yeah so i do think that something ultimately happens but i think that we're gonna get an incredibly truncated season i guess it is encouraging that countries that have done a much better job managing this pandemic like uh, japan and korea um are now getting their leagues started so yeah and they i mean they were what two months ahead of us Two months ahead of us, and they handled it better. They yeah, handled
1: it better, so I mean, that's like three months, best case, and then, yeah, July, best case, I guess. Yeah, because why not
2: turn down uh, test kits from the World Health Organization? And yeah. I mean, baseball is so
1: different than the other sports, just because, I mean, the not the training camp and all that isn't important, like football and stuff, but just, like, for pitchers, like, you can't just, like, have a guy go out there, like, he, his arm would fall off, if you didn't have, like, th- at least three, four weeks to ramp back up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, it's gonna be a weird year, any any way you cut it. It's already been a weird year. Um, so the, the Chris Sale thing and the shortened season, do either of these things, we got a question about this in our listener questions um, from Max. He says, knowing sales out, does this make you feel any better or different about the Mookie trade?
1: Uh, no. Um. I, mean, I guess I could see the argument with Sale. Um, I've seen this question asked with the virus. and I, I mean, that's a that's clear no to me. I guess if you were, like, thinking that Sale getting Tommy John was a foregone conclusion this year, you could say that, but I wasn't thinking that. So, I mean, my issue with the Moogie trade was about the process more than the results and just, like, giving up on a season where you thought you are going to be competitive. So, I mean, I at that point, I was assuming they had Chris Sale, so I can't really feel different about it because one an injury.
2: Yeah, I mean when it happened we were kind of optimistic uh, about all the reports that we heard for Chris yeah, Sale's exactly. health um, and you know when I was asked about this on uh, a radio show I went on, I was basically saying I thought Chris Sale was going to throw 160 innings and be like a really good pitcher um, so I was clearly optimistic about that and obviously no one could have predicted the pandemic here so um, yeah, I don't, I don't see how that could have factored into it. Now, retrospectively, like this is, you know, they, the Dodgers might not even get to use Mookie bets. Well, and, that's another thing. Have we have, prospects here, so that's another thing that we we have no idea
1: how that's gonna work. I
2: mean, if they Credit. don't play
1: baseball this year, how does I I don't know how they figure that out. There's no good answer to that question.
2: And teams will be split on what they think should happen in terms of service time because oh, with no, your star no. players you're gonna want obviously, you know, to maintain more no, service teams time. Teams are gonna be one
1: hundred percent no to service time. But what about getting rid of like bad contracts? That doesn't if you weigh the costs against each other, the cost the benefits of having like an extra year of like a Raphael Devers or any of your young players not having to eat up that service time rather than or like if you're the indians in francisco right. Lindor, i mean there's just not enough bad contracts with that but that would be worth it for teams
2: to so about. i mean this is just another thing that's going to be a point of contention between the players and and, yeah oh it's going to be really weird it's i
1: mean no it, there's just no like there's nothing for this there's just no you can't like go back on precedent for something like you gotta totally make up new rules on the fly and just nobody's gonna be happy with the result
2: yeah I mean the players union has a pretty good argument like they got ready for the season they did everything they could do like well plus I mean really you're not to getting
1: them. any I mean you go into free agency a year older it's right. not like teams are gonna like give you the credit of that you're still that year older that's still gonna cost you money
2: yeah the, the right thing to do would have to have this count as a as a year of service time. yeah but
1: then again to like if you're a Dodgers fan, you don't get Mookie Pets, I I don't think that there's like I'm always gonna side with the players on pretty much anything, but I I will admit that there is there are real real implications because I mean at the end of the day baseball is an entertainment business and like the fans are missing out on like a Moogie Pets if you're a Dodgers fan, I mean that's crushing.
2: Yeah, it sucks. But You can't you can't split the difference. You know, you can't have it count as I half a might. year's service year.
1: They might do something like that, but either way, I mean, it's still going to affect like when you go to free agency.
2: So like Mookie Betts isn't going to yeah, exactly gonna become a free agent in July.
1: Yeah, know? exactly. So I don't I don't know. That's why I said that there's no easy answer, and it's yeah. uh, it's very strange.
2: It's very weird.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All
2: right. Um, we have a lot of listener questions today. Let's get to some of those. And a lot of these are not even about baseball, which is kind of refreshing um, because thinking about a season that might not happen hurts my head a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> uh zach has our first question he says what are your favorite childhood games and then he asks about pogs magic and marbles uh matt we'll go with you first would you uh do you play any of these games how how old do you have to be right now if you played marbles like regularly growing up 80 uh, <laughs> no
1: i think like 60 right <laughs> yeah i guess i mean they were probably playing it i don't know i mean my parents are 60 and they grew up I mean, they were growing up in the '60s. I don't think I don't even think they were playing marbles in the '60s.
2: <laughs> what, when did like Stratomatic baseball come out? That had to have been like '60s oh, or '70s, right?
1: I don't even know what Stratomatic is to be honest.
2: <laughs> really?
1: I know, like I've heard Stratomatic because my grandfather used to play this game at work on his lunch breaks and like Sports Illustrated or something he used to like give. It was like a dice game, but I don't think that's Stratomatic.
2: Yeah, let's see. I can get the date on Stratomatic Baseball. I think that's
1: 70s, it sounds like, because I, I feel like people... Maybe 70s or 80s.
2: It says 50-plus years of... So that would be seventy. 70. Yeah, yeah. So early 70s. I never played... So I played
1: I played a little bit with Pogs. Um, I didn't play Magic. Um, I'm assuming that's Magic the Gathering. And yes. Not just like Magic Tricks. <laughs> um... <laughs> I did have a magic gift but I don't think I
2: ever even opened. it. Um, uh, I had Pogs, but I didn't know what to do with them because I was like very, very young when. Yeah, Pogs I think I mostly traded the them. Yeah, I, you know. So, funny thing, I I am I'm a teacher, and I brought into school a bunch of Pogs that I found um, that had like football team stuff on them so it was like Chargers and Browns and all these NFL teams but they were like a dinosaur it was a very 90's thing so it yeah. was like a dinosaur with the Pogs thing on it and I would give them out to kids who would get questions right for stuff and they were like what the hell are these things they all end up in your trash at the end of the class <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> but uh, I thought it pods. was pretty funny <laughs> to, to give kids Pogs like 25 years later uh, um, I did. I had a magic card deck but I didn't really. I don't think I really knew how to play. Like that was kind of the thing with Pokemon cards and Magic cards. Is oh, I played Pokemon. See, I didn't know how to really play the game. I, I think couldn't tell I you. I mostly to do it just now. traded it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell you how to do it now, but we definitely played that. I used to play me and uh, my best friend growing up. Did you ever play a MLB Showdown? That was another dice game. It's like a no. card slash dice game. That game was sick. You like collected cards, and they had uh, like they, there was like a twenty-four sided die. roll Hmm. and like each card had like like a really good card would have like 10 numbers for a home run a really bad card would have like one number like you had to roll a 24 or whatever okay so we used to spend like hours playing that game that was a lot of fun
0: that
2: does sound like a pretty cool idea yeah it was fun um i i do think magic is a pretty cool game so i would be interested to to learn a little bit more about that but i'm probably not going to start playing at this point
1: no i used to play 45s dude did you play were you in a 45s area no Uh, outside There's like there's probably like three people listening who know how to play forty fives and. What is it? It's a card game. It's like it's very localized. It's like Southern New Hampshire and like the Merrimack Valley are pretty much the only places in the world that play it. But it is extremely fun.
2: I know about Edward Forty Hands.
1: Edward Forty Hands. I don't think that's a. I think that's the same game. Edward Forty Hands is a drinking game. Yeah.
2: All right, Donny the Flamingo has our next question, um, and he says, "Have you guys ever thought about switching to marble racing? In the meantime, again with the marbles,
1: marble racing is
2: sick. <laughs> have you, uh, have you, have you done it? Have you made a, a course here?
1: No, no, I just watch it.
2: Okay, you into it?
1: There was a video that went viral like three or four years ago, maybe even longer than that." with marble racing and ever since then like it just pops into my mind every once in a while and I'll just go and look at them and then uh, now it's picking up again because we're all going stir crazy.
2: Okay. So um, it sounds like something that I should check out. It, I mean it's just there's just like I don't know 10 marbles
1: on a race course and it's just extremely intense because the announcers are like very good at making it intense and they like give okay. the me a of the marbles it's fun.
2: I can get behind that. All right, our next one comes from Tom, and he says, you have to make a starting nine of Sox players who sucked. Who are you starting? Um, Matt, we both did this one. This is really
1: mean. I just want to put that out there. I did it, but I felt <laughs> I mean while I was doing it.
2: I, uh, so I had a little, a little bit of criteria about this. I did take it more seriously than I thought I was going to. Um, I went back to 1995, which is when I really feel like I started watching baseball I also did a minimum of 400 uh, at bats, uh, so it couldn't be a Not guy who was that. just here for a flash in the pan. Um, and then I went by position. So for catcher, I went Sandy Leone, who had a 62 uh, WRC plus over 358 well, had, games.
1: Yeah, so you had a played. I didn't do played appearance. Who
2: did you? Uh, so, who did you have?
1: I had Ryan Levarne.
2: Oh, okay. He was pretty terrible. He's
1: good. He couldn't play defense either. At least Sandy Leone could play defense.
2: That is true. And we'll always have the Johnny Bench months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sandy Leone. Uh, for first base, I went Hanley Ramirez, who uh, over 431 games playing first base had a one WAR. I had
1: I had Hanley somewhere else, but I had mm. Alan Craig at first base.
2: Mm again he didn't make my uh my i don't moments. know if any
1: there might be like one or two guys that made your plate appearance <laughs> threshold on this
2: um eduardo nunez He's, is yeah. my second baseman
1: i knew you gonna pick him
2: i knew you were gonna hate that i picked him no too. i mean it's
1: probably the right choice but it makes me sad so i didn't pick him but
2: dude he picked, was so bad he was extremely bad i will give you
1: that <laughs> um, i picked uh was he mike lansing
2: okay yeah yeah he actually did make he my put, plate appearance yeah he played a lot yeah, he was horrible. He was not good. For shortstop, I had Julio Lugo in his four-year, thirty-six million-dollar contract and his seventy-four WRC plus. Uh, I had um, Craig Graybeck, who, um, to
1: this day, my brother and I uh, refer to him as the worst baseball player who has ever lived. And what's weird <laughs> is his like his career, other than his like last season ever with the Red Sox, he was like okay. But he was so bad in like a 30 game stint with the Red Sox that it, and it was like when I was like nine years old, that is just ingrained in my head that he was the worst player that has ever played baseball.
2: <laughs> I hope old Grayback isn't listening to this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry,
1: Craig, if you are, but you were very bad that you
2: Just subtly attacked on this podcast. <laughs> He's
1: he, My brother and I talked about him fairly frequently.
2: That's, that's awesome. Uh, what, what was his line with the Red Sox, if you don't oh, mind don't, me asking? I can look it up. All right. You, you do that while I introduce third base. Uh, third base, I had Pablo Sandoval with his five-year, $95 million contract and 72 WRC+.
1: Yeah, I also had Sandoval. So Graybeck, um, <laughs> Graybeck only had 43 played appearances. I can't believe he has played such a big role in my life. He had 43 plate appearances in 2001, and he hit 049, 093, 073 for oh, a negative 55 OPS plus.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. That is terrible. Yes. <laughs> um, so for all the you know the, the people that are going to get maybe like 40-something plate appearances in the major leagues, you can impact a young man's life. Well, no, he had a
1: lot of plate appearances before, that, where he was solid just with other teams.
2: Just not that you saw, though. I mean, I probably
1: saw him because he played some time with the Blue Jays. Oh, uh,
2: okay. All right. Uh, next, right field. Who'd you have?
1: I had Ryan Kalish. This one is kind of hard. I didn't really have, like, a great answer for this. But Kalish, I mean, Kalish wasn't terrible, terrible, but he was not very good.
2: He was pretty forgettable. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I had uh, Darren Lewis, who did nothing for four and a half seasons. Darren Lewis has right
1: called the special right heart. He had that thing he did with his mouth. That is another I thing that me that. and my brother do. He, like, I don't know. We're not on a video, so I can't show you. But people, some people will know what I'm talking about. He was terrible, though, at baseball. Oh, he's not good. I thought of him more as a center fielder. I didn't have him as my center fielder, but...
2: My next one I know is going to be controversial. So who'd you have for center field?
1: I had Grady Sizemore.
2: Okay. Grady Sizemore was like a broken man when he came here. I know, out.
1: but he wasn't very good. I mean, he was obviously, like, on a Hall of Fame path earlier in his career, but... Just I thought we were just talking about Red Sox careers.
2: Yeah, no, we are. We are. Um, that's a good one. I mean, I I didn't put him just because, first of all, he didn't meet my limits. Second of all, he's broken. Um, but I had the man, the legend, the psychopath, Carl Everett, um, who actually Carl Everett. He wasn't that yeah, bad. So let me explain. Let me explain my reasoning on Everett. Because he didn't so, believe in dinosaurs. So, <laughs> no, I, yes. Um, so the Red Sox trade for him in 99. He comes up, has a great season in 2000. Uh, 34 home runs was was awesome. But then he was an absolute bonehead. Um, in 2001, he got suspended for bumping Ron Culpa. I remember that. Um, he grabbed his crotch at Jamie Moyer after hitting a home run. Um, he had a shoulder injury that kind of killed the rest of his career here. And he was basically just a jerk for the remaining time that he was with Boston. Um, so for me as a young man watching carl everett act a fool after he got injured and you know was good for a season i had to i had to put carl everett because it was uh, disappointing for what he could have been so carl everett
1: played 14 years in the majors and he never spent more than three years with one team i think that tells you all you need to know about carl everett's personality
2: yeah, he was an absolute lunatic. So he, yeah, he played with nine teams. Holy crap! That's, That's amazing. Um, all right, left field. Did we both have Carl Crawford? No, I actually didn't have
1: Carl Crawford. I don't know why I didn't have Carl Crawford. This is where I put Hanley.
2: Okay, well, he was a butcher. He up was there.
1: awful out there too. Yeah.
2: Carl was just a nightmare here, though. And his contract was much larger than I thought. $142 million they oh, paid yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a bad one. That was the that first
1: was... year I started writing about baseball. I was Man. so excited about that.
2: And not to not to be. Um, we, we didn't get asked to do the pitcher side, but I'm just going to name my guys real quick. Um, guys that disappointed for me. Did you do a whole rotation, I mean? I did. What the
1: did fuck? you? No, I picked a one reliever and one starter.
2: Okay, I I did uh, I did one reliever, and I did five starters. I'll just name them real quick: um, Matt Clement, John Burkett, Drew Pomerantz, Clay Buckle, it's David Price. What were mine? And then Heath Henry. Oh, you
1: had a you room. had a um, limit, I guess.
2: Yeah, I had a I had a limit.
1: Yeah, I had a Brian Rose. just when I started.
2: Brian Rose. What year was that?
1: That was 98, 99. He was, like, supposed to be awesome. He was, like, a big-time prospect, and he sucked. And then um, a similar similar vein for my reliever, I had Craig Hansen.
2: Mm, yes, all-time disappointment. Yes.
1: Yeah, Brian Rose, let's see. Yeah, he was very bad.
2: Good. Craig Hansen, was he the closer at St. John's um, in New York before – was in college?
1: I, know. I know it was a good college closer. area it was a high draft pick I don't know if it was St. John's I think it was it's a weird school yeah it is. St. I know John's. I, uh, I visited
2: St. John's when I was looking at colleges Craig Hansen baseball reference uh, yeah St. John's University how about St. that James. I don't know why I know that
1: A very good friend of mine is a season ticket holder for St. John's Basketball. St.
2: John's Basketball has got a rich history.
1: It used to be very good. I don't think they're that good anyway.
2: Nope. All right, let's move it along here. That was fun. Um, Benny has our next question. He says, will PD retire? Not until that contract's up.
1: I mean, I'm assuming he'll do the David Wright thing. Yeah basically retiring but yeah I mean he'll
2: get his money do you think he'll um, immediately transition to working in the org I don't know I kind of get the feeling he's going to I
1: uh maybe I still kind of want to see him as a broadcaster
2: that'd be great yeah it would be great for I that think he'd
1: be, I think he'd be very good at that
2: Laura McBride has our next question she says best TV show to binge right now <laughs> this is hard Um, very hard
1: I mean everybody has different tastes because so like my favorite show ever is The Leftovers and um, probably the worst show you could binge at a time like this yes so I I would not (laughs) recommend that I think at a happier time I would definitely recommend it but not right now Um, so I've tweeted about this a few times um, but I've gotten really into Lego Masters um, and so i i get very anxious at times like these and i kind of need like something light and stupid so lego masters is filling that um i've watched i've been watching going through some random episodes of uh no reservations the anthony Bourdain show
0: that's a great awesome
1: so i've been kind of looking for stuff like that i mean i've watched some other i've watched um i mean i watched better call Saul, which is fantastic so um amc has another show with jason siegel Um, dispatches from elsewhere that has gotten pretty bad reviews but i like it a lot so that's out there i haven't really been binging a lot of stuff i'm kind of just watching newer things
2: yeah i agree with everything that you just said i would totally binge all of those things i'm going to give a few my personal recommendations um for some reason when people talk about hbo shows they always talk about the wire and sopranos which are obviously amazing shows i agree with that um, but one that doesn't get talked about as much, I think, is uh, Deadwood, which everybody should binge. Um, it's only three seasons, and it's my favorite show of all time. Yeah, they did just recently wrap it up with a movie, which wasn't great. But you know, when you have like a 10-plus year break in between something, yeah, it's, it's not going to be that good. Um, going off of that same vein, if you'd like Timothy Oliphant from that, you should definitely binge all of Justified, which I thought was... A very, very enjoyable show.
1: Oh, um, speaking of Timothy Oliphant, um, I binged through this, I don't know, like two months ago, but, uh, The Grinder, it's only one season, it absolute travesty that got canceled, but it is maybe the funniest show that nobody watched. It is unbelievably funny.
2: I have not watched it, so it's, I will do that.
1: It's, I, I kind I had to find an illegal stream to watch it again. It's not on any of the services, but yeah, it's very good. It's, uh, Rob Lowe and, um, but like, what's his name? Fred Savage from Wonder Years. Oh yeah, it's a very good. That Timothy Olyphant makes an appearance sometimes too.
2: <laughs> Sounds pretty good. And for comedies, I think my favorite comedy is Always Sunny. So I would binge that if you can. All right, the Hay says question about sale that maybe Pete and Abe might be able to answer. Well, he's not on, so we'll have to do our best. Do the Red Sox have DL insurance on sale that will cover some of his contract? I have no idea.
1: It doesn't affect the luxury tax, so there's no reason for us to care about that.
2: Alright, fair enough. SWC75 says, do you expect extension talks with Devers or Erod this year?
1: Uh... I don't know I mean I think if they get back to normalcy then yeah but I mean if they're still in this situation where they're not really playing games I think it's kind of hard to talk about extensions when you don't even know what's going on with like their service time and all that so um, yeah I mean I think obviously if there's normalcy I would expect them to at least cross that bridge and look into it it doesn't necessarily mean it'll go very far
2: yeah, I would hope that they're going to be talking to these guys regardless, um, and I hope that they prioritize Devers over Erod, um, but they should be talking to both of them about extensions. Um, so this next one I really liked. It was from a French Red Sox fan, Resit Sox, and he asks us, favorite Polygon's Unraveled episode? So Polygon is a site that writes about video games, and I had never heard of this a youtube video series called unraveled and so i did some research and i watched like 30 minutes of i watched two full episodes watch of unraveled um just just for this question and i really enjoyed both of them and i will i will say that i watched the one where he tries to figure out the timeline from the legend of zelda series and ties it all together with uh the zelda monopoly game <laughs> being the most <laughs> pivotal thing uh which was glorious and then i also watched the one where he tries to classify the uh enemies from uh super mario um in terms of where they would fit in like a u.s military structure (laughs) and they were both glorious so i i think i like the bowser one slightly better but uh really really good and i'm probably gonna watch a bunch more of those now that we're like living the quarantine life
1: yeah so i hadn't heard of um I haven't heard of this either. I didn't watch any, but I looked at the titles and I'm very intrigued by. Um, uh, Smash Brothers owes millions of dollars in OSHA violations. Um, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, Polygon is a, a sister to SB Nation. So oh, wow. Good on Polygon. They are the Vox video game uh, conglomerate
2: very smart writing over there I, I just uh, also to pump them up more I just read the review for Doom Eternal which just came out over there and that was a really good well written review as well pretty I, funny I don't
1: really play video games so I'm not person person to ask about that
2: um, <laughs> just going off of what you said about that title before we move on here at the end of the uh, the one where he classifies the Bowser guys um, he determines that After reading the entire Geneva Convention as preparation for this episode, he determines that Mario is guilty of no less than five Geneva Convention war crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good. Uh, Shelly Verstrait has our next one, and she says, Say you are stuck inside during shelter-in-place. Which player would you choose to room with?
1: Uh, So this one was kind of hard. Um, My first instinct was Devers, but he doesn't really speak a ton of English. Yeah. So I think that would be kind of mean to both of us to put us (laughs) in that situation. Um, My next instinct was Jackie Bradley, um, but he has a kid, and again, it just seems cruel to keep him away from his daughter. Um, So those are like the two guys that immediately came to mind. I kind of struggled a little bit after that. I think I'd probably go Bogart's he kind of gives me a vibe that I think our personalities would go well together, but I don't really I don't really have a great answer for this one. I feel like I'm missing someone obvious, but I can't think of it.
2: Yeah, I was going to go Bogarts too. Um, it was either him or Benintendi for me, I think. See, Benintendi strikes me as a terribly boring person.
1: I'm not a super exciting person.
2: But Benintendi, I feel like anything you wanted to do would be like, no, man, that sucks.
1: I don't really get that vibe from him.
2: That's well. That's my vibe. That's just that's what I get. I don't know. I just think he's very unexcited by things. So I would like to play dominoes with uh, with Bogarts for for days. I don't days. To play dominoes, but I guess I can learn. I got time. Yeah, <laughs> you got plenty of time. Uh, Mitch has our next question. He says, "Do you prefer an attempt at a quick retool by the Red Sox or a full rebuild?"
1: I don't know why anybody would pick a full rebuild. I mean, if you can choose. No. Obviously you, you shouldn't You shouldn't have to with this yeah, roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, quick, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you got Bogey, you got Devers, you got Benny. Well, I mean, you a full rebuild
1: be and a Bogarts at least.
2: Yeah, and that ain't happening. Yeah. John Stemple has our last question. He says, "Which games have you watched on MLB Vault on YouTube? Are there any games you looked at, uh, looked for, but weren't available?" i didn't even know that there was a thing called mlb vault on youtube
1: oh i knew about it um i don't like watching old sporting events so i haven't watched any and I'm, i don't really have any interest in watching any it's just not me like i know a lot of people like my dad has the falcons Super Bowl whatever year that was when the Patriots came back against the Falcons he has that on the DVR and he watches that every once in a while I just can't get excited by watching old sports so it's not for me
2: um I thought I couldn't and then I watched like I've watched a few of the World Series videos and stuff like that and I still do get really hyped up I can watch like
1: the highlights but I, I can't sit through a whole game
2: yeah that's fair I, the only time I've sat through full old games is when it's Pedro pitching
1: I wouldn't even want to do that I don't want to watch the rest of the game
2: yeah that's fair I would I will probably now that I know about MLB vault watch a few Pedro starts
1: I don't know so. if they go back that far maybe they oh. do oh, no they I, actually I think they do maybe because okay. they have MLB TV opened up all of the games from the last two years
2: oh nice alright is that free MLB TV right yeah. now no,
1: no, I'm. I gotta uh, work on getting a refund for that. Actually.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for the questions, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to us for another episode. I do have some news here. We are gonna have a few new podcasts starting, um, and I kind of teased at this last week, but um, we are going to have a OTM prospects show that's going to be starting relatively soon. So look for that. You don't have to do anything else. It's going to show up right on your regular Over the Monster podcast feed, um, and we'll kind of wait to give you some more details on that until it's out. But we uh, we have a few more in the works as well, but obviously the baseball season being what it is, has kind of thrown a wrench into that plan, but we are going to still deliver more content to you guys, and we'll be with you every week to talk about something, even if it's not baseball. So thank you very much Hello. for tuning in. Let
1: me, uh, let me plug something real quick. Oh yeah, go for it. And we're also going to be um, using Out of the Park Baseball, which is a simulation game, to simulate every game that the Red Sox are supposed to play uh, for however long the season uh, goes. doesn't go on, so we'll be doing that pretty much every night. Um, I am going to start tomorrow with sort of a trial run on Twitch, um, just over the monster on Twitch. Uh, so look for that. I'm probably gonna shoot for like 7-ish Eastern on Monday. So uh, hopefully I can be tech savvy enough to figure it out
2: All right, that'll be pretty sweet So we will look for that you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins You can follow me at Dev You can follow the over the monster account at over the monster and uh, subscribe to our show Uh, Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can look for the Over the Monster podcast and we'll pop right up. Subscribe to us. Give us a rate and review. We always appreciate that. And we will be with you next time.